The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Good morning, Second Service. How's everybody doing this morning? Good to see you. Would you do me a favor and help me welcome all of those who are watching online, who are listening to the podcast. Come on, church, let's give them a shout out this morning. Wasn't worship good? Man. Worship night is tonight. It's going to be awesome. If you haven't made plans, make plans to be here six o'clock. Come early if you can so you can get a seat because I'm telling you this place fills up quickly and uh, we're expecting God to show up in a powerful way. We're expecting good things to happen Today, I, you know, man, Judy is awesome, isn't she? She's up there worshiping sometimes, and I know that heaven, I, like, I, hear, I go from this, I'm smiling, to like, like, anybody else? I just have a feeling that heaven is stank-faced this morning. They're just up there going, mm, mm, like God is stank-faced when Judy's singing. So make sure you're here with us tonight. Philippians chapter 3, if you have your Bible. Philippians chapter 3. Also, as you're turning there, you can go to our new song app and you can check in, let people know you're here with us this morning. There she is right there, coming all in, coming in hot this morning. Philippians chapter 3. One more thing before, oh yeah, check in, new song, let people know you're here. Follow along with my message this morning. A couple weeks from now, we're having our birthday party and we're going to be four years old. How many of you have, were, were here the first Sunday? If you're here the first Sunday, like, I, see, I see you. I see you. Give them a hand. They stuck it out. But uh, that's going to be a great, great Sunday. We got some special stuff. We're going to let you know more about that in the weeks ahead. Some stuff lined up. And we're starting a brand new series that week called Jesus in the Flesh. And we're going to be talking for the next four weeks throughout that series about some of the humanity of Jesus, how we can relate, how Jesus can relate to you and your, and your humanity. And uh, I really believe it's going to be a great message uh, and a great series and a really cool Sunday that week. In fact, I'd encourage you that first week is going to be a week that if you know people who don't know God, who don't have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, that's a great Sunday to bring them. I've, I've got a message I'm going to be sharing that's going to help them to really see the love of God, who God is, and see the, the love that he has for us. And I believe it's going to help some people come to know him. So if you know anybody in your life, be praying for them and invite them and bring them. We, we talk about a New Song Church. We're not just inviters. We're bringers. That means we do everything we can to get people into this house so that they can connect with God and connect with this, this family. So make sure you're here. And, uh, and then also we got a, a, an announcement that you'll hear at the birthday service. So I'll just kind of leave that there. You guys can just be going, oh, what's that going to be? Yeah, you'll find out. You'll find out. But it's cool. It's big. Okay. Philippians chapter 3. Today I want to talk to you about, if you're taking notes this morning, this message is called Stop the Cycle. And I want to talk to you about stopping some of the cycles that we experience in our life. Some of the destructive negative cycles that keep us from the freedom that God has for us. Maybe today you find yourself in a place where there's some stuff going on and there's some repeat performances that keep happening in your life and you don't like them, you don't want them, but yet it just keeps on happening. And it's really interesting. I opened up my phone this morning and I heard about Andrew Luck. Some of you heard about Andrew Luck retiring yesterday, kind of a surprise 
retirement. And he retired, and, and it was interesting seeing his press conference because you could just kind of see this guy that was just kind of broken and worn out. And he actually, he actually said this. Let me, let me find this for you here real quick. He made this statement, and, it, and as I'm reading this, I was like, well, thanks, Andrew, because this is exactly what I'm preaching on today. But he said this, this is not an easy decision. Honestly, it's the hardest decision of my life, but it's the right decision for me. For the last four years or so, I've been in this cycle of injury, pain, rehab, injury, pain, rehab, and it's been unceasing, unrelenting, both in season and off season, and I felt stuck in it. The only way I see out is to no longer play football. Maybe today you're, you're not dealing with a physical injury, but maybe today you're dealing with something in your life and it has you feeling that way. You're a little worn out, you're a little broken, you're tired of this, but it's just this relentless cycle that you find yourself continuing to repeat and you feel stuck in the cycle. Well, I wanna help you to stop the cycle. I believe that Jesus made a way so you could be free. Can I get an amen? Amen. So look at this with me, Philippians chapter three. Verse 12, the apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says this. He says, not that I have already obtained this or I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lays behind and straining forward. Everybody say forward. Straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal of the high prize of the upward. Everybody say upward. The upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So Paul says here that he, he recognizes that he has not arrived. He's not perfect. There are some things that he knows God has for him that he's not necessarily walking in right now, but he's not going to settle for that. He's going to continue to move forward, to press onward and upward. Maybe some of you have heard that before. Someone will say onward and upward. That's a good way to remember the call of God for your life. That what God wants for you is that your life would not, would not be stuck in a cycle of repeating the same performance over and over again that's destructive, but that God would move you onward and upward. That God would move you to, to taking new land, to experiencing new good things, that you would move from glory to glory, that you would experience the abundant life that Jesus purchased for you on the cross. But guess what? You have an enemy. And the enemy doesn't want you to have that. He wants you to stay in destructive cycles. He wants to keep you from what God has for you. And so he uses these destructive cycles to keep you in these patterns that keep you from moving onward and upward, that keep you from moving forward, that keep you stuck chasing your tail, feeling like you're doing the same thing over and over again, losing the same battle over and over again. These destructive negative cycles. Maybe today you find yourself and you have some destructive negative cycles in your life, you, you, you deal with a rejection cycle. That you just, from time to time, you find yourself going back to this place, this mindset, this way of thinking where you, you see everything through this lens of rejection. Maybe, maybe you have a, a fearful cycle. Things will be going pretty good, but then you'll kind of move into these seasons where you're just terrified and you're afraid and it feels like the walls are caving in and the ground is shaking under your feet and you're just, you're just afraid. Maybe you're dealing with cycles of addiction. There's a thing and you want to overcome it and you're trying, but you just keep stumbling. You keep making the same mistake over and over again. It's got you bound. It's keeping you in this cycle. 
Maybe today you find yourself in, in cycles of bad relationship. You go from one relationship to another and they always end poorly. They always end with you feeling like it's the same thing over and over again. Maybe, maybe today you find yourself in some cycles and it causes you to feel stuck. And here's what happens is, is because of these cycles, we begin to believe this lie that maybe this is just the way it, it is. Maybe this is just my normal. This is the way it is, and this is the way it's always going to be. Well, I'm here to tell you today that if you have a destructive cycle in your life, that is not normal for a believer in Jesus Christ. And it doesn't have to be this way. You don't have to keep living this way. That God, Jesus, purchased your freedom on the cross. You can be free, and I want to help you with that today. The Bible says this, 1 Timothy 2.6 it says he, that's talking about Jesus, he gave his life to purchase freedom for, say this last word with me, everyone. Are you an everyone? Then yeah. Jesus purchased your freedom. It's already been purchased. It's already available. Jesus made a way so that you could experience freedom in every aspect of who you are, spirit, soul, and body. Jesus made a way so you can have freedom in your, in your spiritual life, in your emotional life, in your relational life, in your physical body. Jesus made a way so you can be free. So I want to help you to stop the cycle today so you can step into the freedom that Jesus has made available. Sound good? All right, I got five points for you this morning, and here's number one. If you're going to stop the cycle, number one, stop accepting the cycle. Stop accepting the cycle. Look at this with me, Philippians 3, back to that verse. Paul says, not that I've already obtained. In other words, I haven't arrived yet. I, re I realize that. Not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect. Paul says, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in the process here. I'm in, I know God's doing some stuff in me. I haven't arrived yet. But he says, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Paul says, I press on. Paul says this, where I'm at is not where I have to stay. There's some stuff going on in my life, and I recognize that this is not, I am not experiencing the fullness of what Jesus Christ died on the cross for me to experience, and I'm not going to settle for anything less than what Jesus purchased for me. I'm going to press on. I'm going to pursue that. I'm going to stop accepting that this is just how it's going to be, that I'm going to stop accepting the cycle, and I'm going to press on. Listen, as long as you accept the cycle, God cannot free you from the cycle. As long as you're accepting it, as long as you have this idea that this is just how it is, this is just the way it's going to be, you're going to stay right there. Some of us do this. We, we take the first part of this verse where Paul says, not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, and we just kind of go, yeah, that's me. I get it. I'm, I'm not perfect. I haven't already obtained it all, and God knows I'm not perfect, and I'm just, I'm okay with that. I'll just stay right here. No, no, no. That's not what Paul's saying. He's saying, yes, I recognize I'm not perfect. I recognize I haven't obtained it all, but I'm going to press on because I know I can because Jesus won this for me. Jesus purchased some stuff for you, and he wants you to enjoy it and experience it. Jesus purchased your freedom on the cross, and if you're not experiencing it, you're missing out on something that's already yours. Let me, let me help you understand this, okay? I want you to imagine something with me. Imagine that after church today, you come out to the lobby and I see you and I say, hey, you know what? I've been thinking about you and I wanted to do something for you. So right up the street here, Mahogany Steakhouse. I, got, I, I went in there the other day and I got you a whole steak dinner. I got the best steak in the house. I got all the sides, all the fixings. It's all taken care of. I paid for it. It's all been purchased. All you have to do is go in there and say, Pastor Josh sent me and they will take care of you. 
Now, none of you try this because that didn't actually happen, okay? Then once you walk in there telling people, Pastor Josh sent you, they're going to be like, cool? Like, okay. For the sake of illustration, though, let's say you go in there and you tell them that. And they go, oh, yes, come right this way. And they take you back and they sit you down at a table and they start bringing you out things and the service is really great. And then finally it's time for the main course and they bring out this plate and they sit it in front of you and you look down and it's chicken. Now you have a choice in that moment. You can accept the chicken or you can not accept the chicken and pursue what's been purchased for you. And see, what, what I don't want to hear is I don't want to see you the next Sunday and I walk up to you and I'm like, hey, how was your steak? And you say, well, you know, I got in there and I really wanted the steak. I, I would have loved to have the steak, but they gave me chicken and I didn't want to make a big fuss, you know. So I just, I ate the chicken. Guess what? I'm not going to be happy about that. You know why? Because I purchased the steak for you. I bought you the best steak, so why are you eating the chicken? Stop settling for the chicken, church. Some, some of us, this is what we do. We're settling for something far less than what Jesus purchased for us on the cross. Jesus purchased you this incredible gift. And we're going, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be a burden. Like, this is fine. I'll just take this life. And Jesus is going, no, I purchased that for you. I sacrificed so you can have that. You not accepting that is you missing out on what I made available to you. Stop accepting the cycle, church. Look at what Jesus said in Luke 4.18. This is Jesus talking about his purpose, why God sent him. He says, God sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. To proclaim liberty to the captives. That word captives there is the Greek word, ok malatos. It means this. It means a captive taken by a spear. So here's the idea. It's like you're in a war and you are taken as a prisoner of war. And now the enemy has a spear in your back and they are marching you towards a death camp. And you don't want to go, but you can't stop from going because that spear's in your back and you, can't, you're, you have no choice in the matter. That is you before Jesus. We're lost in sin. We are prisoners of war and we are marching towards destruction. But Jesus came to set captives free. Listen, Jesus is not just your savior. He's your deliverer. He wants to deliver you from the captivity that the enemy has you. And in fact, Ephesians 4, 8 says, when he, talking about Jesus, ascended on high, he led captivity captive. You know what that means? That means that through the cross, Jesus made a way so you could be free. So captivity could be broken off you. You don't have to march towards the death camp. Jesus made a way so you can be free. That's available but if you don't accept that, you won't experience that. Amen. If you accept that the cycle is what it's going to be, then that's what you'll have. Stop accepting the cycle. As long as you accept the cycle, God cannot free you from the cycle. Jesus purchased your freedom from destruction. In fact, the Bible says it like this, 1 John 3, 8. The Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil? John 10, 10 says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy you. The devil is real, and he wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your future. He wants to destroy your finances. He wants to destroy you. The Bible says that Jesus came to destroy what's trying to destroy you. So here's the thing. There are two wills for your life available in this world. The enemy has a will for your life. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. God has a will in your life. He wants you to have abundant life. The question is, which will are you agreeing with? 
In that cycle, are you agreeing with the will of the enemy and just saying, this is just how it's going to be and I'll just accept that? Or are you saying, no, this is not abundant life and I'm not going to agree with this because I'm not going to stay here. The choice is up to you. Stop accepting the cycle. Mark 9, 23, it says this. Jesus says, if you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. It doesn't say some things are possible, does it? It doesn't say things that it just makes sense to your natural mind are possible, does it? It doesn't say things that are, as long as it's not, you know, it's not a generational thing. That's possible. It doesn't say that, does it? It says all things, right? You say, Pastor Josh, you don't know my story, though. Like, my, this is... This is a deeply rooted issue. Like this cycle, this, is, this isn't just my cycle. My dad, you know, this was his cycle. This is my grandpa's cycle. I, I don't care. All things are possible to him to believe. See, the enemy, he, here's what the enemy wants to tell you. He wants to tell you that this thing, whatever you're dealing with, this cycle, this is permanent. This is just your reality. You just have to deal with it. But guess what? Nothing of this world is permanent if you don't want it to be. Let me show you a verse. This verse is incredible. Look at this. Hebrews 12, 27 says this. All of creation. How much of creation? All. all. What, how, what's all mean? You know what the Greek word all means? It means all. All means all, right? All of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Now check this out. This is, it gets so good here. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with a holy fear and awe. Okay, here's what this verse says. We are a part of an unshakable kingdom. The kingdom of God is an unshakable kingdom. But this verse also tells us that everything that is not of the kingdom of God can be shaken and removed. So here's the question for you. That thing that you're dealing with, that cycle that you've been dealing with in your life, is it a part of the kingdom of God. If it's not, it can be shaken, it can be removed. That addiction that you're dealing with, is it a part of the kingdom of God? No. Say it with me. No. no. So that means it can be shaken, it can be removed. That sickness in your body, is it a part of the kingdom of God? No. no. So what does that mean? It can be shaken, it can be removed. That whatever it might be, fill in the blank thing, Whatever it is, if it's not of the kingdom of God, it can be shaken and it can be removed. Can I get an amen? amen. Turn to the person beside you and say, it's not permanent. It doesn't have to be this way. Don't accept the cycle. Don't accept that this is just the way it's going to be. Don't accept that this is how my grandpa was. This is how my dad was. So this is how I'm going to be. This is how my kids are going to be. Don't, don't accept that. That's stupid. Jesus made a way. Don't, don't put that on your family. Let's stop the cycle. Let's break it in our families. Let's break it off of you. Let's break it off our kids. Let's receive the fullness of what Jesus made available. Matthew 19, 26. Humanly speaking, it's impossible with God. Everything is possible. It's not permanent unless you let it be. Stop accepting the cycle. Here's number two. Stop excusing the cycle. Stop excusing the cycle. Philippians 3 verse 14 says this. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I forget what lies behind. If you're gonna stop the cycle, you're gonna have to make a choice. 
that you're going to forget some of the stuff of the past. You're going to have to choose that I'm not going to build the foundation of my life on what they did to me, on what they said to me. Listen, I get it. I get that there is probably some real pain and some real hurt that came from some real experiences that you've had. Some of you had people do stuff to you and it hurt you. They, they spoke things over you and it did damage to you. I get it. There, there's some real pain, but let me just tell you something. There is a real truth available to you and there is real freedom available to you because Jesus really died on the cross. And when he went to the cross, all of the shame, all the rejection, all the pain, all the physical sickness, all of that was placed on him and died with him on the cross. And the real truth is if you accept that, your pain, your rejection, your sickness can die at the cross too and you can step into the new life Jesus wants you to have. But you gotta stop excusing the cycle. You gotta quit saying, you know what, the foundation of my life is, is, is what they did to me. It's what they said to me. It's that moment. We, we all, listen, all of us could go back to moments in our life when people did stuff to us, everyone in here, and we could build the foundation of our life on that moment. Or <laughs> we can choose to build the foundation of our life on the word of God and on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we can say that is what defines me. Not what they did, what Jesus did for me on the cross is what defines me. If you'll stop excusing the cycle, listen, as long as there is an excuse in your mouth, there will be a cycle in your heart. I'll say it again, because some of you need to write that down. As long as there is an excuse in your mouth, there will be a cycle in your heart. You can't break the cycle until you stop excusing it. Stop the cycle. Look, look again at Luke 4.18. Jesus talking about who he is, what he came to do, his purpose, he says this, God sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That word brokenhearted there is the Greek word centribo. It means to shatter, to break into many pieces. Here, here's the idea. It's like if I took a glass and I went outside and I didn't just drop that glass on the concrete, but I actually, with everything in me, with the full force of my power, slammed that, that glass down on the concrete. How many of you know it would shatter? And it wouldn't just break, it would shatter. I mean, it would break into microscopic pieces. And, and most of us would look at that and say, that, that could never be put back together again. Jesus said, I came to set people free whose hearts feel like that. Wherever you find yourself, whatever kind of hurt you're dealing with, whatever kind of pain you're dealing with, Jesus came to heal the broken hearted. So I'm not going to choose to settle in my past, to settle in my hurts, but to settle in my healer and allow him to do the work in my heart that needs to be done to bring me back to not just where I was before, but to a greater place than I've ever experienced before. I'm going to allow Jesus to do that. So I'm going to stop excusing the cycle. Here's number three, stop doubting the savior. Stop doubting the savior. Look at this Philippians three fourteen. Paul says, I press on toward the goal. I press on toward the goal. Paul says this, I'm, this is what I'm doing. I'm pressing on towards a goal and I'm inviting you to do the same thing. Paul's inviting us to press on towards the goal. So that begs the question, what's the goal? Well, the goal he's talking about here is, is the fullness of what Jesus purchased for us on the cross. So here it is. You ready for the goal? Here's the goal. Complete freedom and wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. 
And, and, and when he says that, it's not just talking about someday when we get to heaven. Notice what the verse says. It says, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward calling. The prize is, is, is heaven. That's the prize is what we'll experience one day in heaven. The goal is what God wants us pursuing and experiencing here on earth. And that is complete, listen, listen, complete wholeness and freedom, spirit, soul, and body on earth. So some of you are going, yeah, I don't know about that. That, that just seems too good to be true. That's, that's impossible. I mean, you don't know what I've experienced. For me to experience complete freedom and wholeness like that, I just, I don't think that's possible. And so we doubt that. And because we doubt that, we don't press on toward that. We don't pursue that. But, but here's the problem. There is a desire in you to have that. That's how God created you. When Adam and Eve were created in the Garden of Eden, they were created in an environment with a connection to God. They experienced complete freedom and wholeness with this perfect relationship with God at every level. That's what they had. And then sin entered the world and that was broken. But the desire for that didn't go away. And every human being that's been born after them, we're born into this world and that's a desire we have in us. We don't know how to fulfill it though. So we, and we don't even know how to recognize what it really is. So we start looking for it in other ways. We start pressing on into other things and this is when the enemy shows up and he says, oh, you need a goal, here's a goal. I'll, I'll give you a goal and his goal leads to these cycles and here's what happens. In these cycles, we're pursuing things from this world that only Jesus Christ can give you. So, so we pursue these, we go after these relationships because we're pursuing trying to get approval and affirmation and acceptance. We cycle through careers trying to find security and direction and purpose. We cycle through activities trying to find joy and fulfillment and pleasure. All the things we're trying to find in this world that Jesus already offers you through the cross. And so we cycle, cycle, cycle through these things and they lead to more cycles, cycles of addiction, cycles to, of sin, cycles of shame. And we end up missing completely out on the point. Instead of having wholeness and freedom, we're broken and we're in bondage. And this is the cycle we find ourselves in. And we find ourselves here, why? Because we don't really believe it's possible. We don't really believe that the gospel is good news for us. Or if it is, it's not that good of news. We doubt the Savior. We doubt the work of the cross. And so our faith becomes rooted in our cycle instead of in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And since our faith is in the cycle, guess what? We get the cycle. But if our faith will be in Jesus... And even if we're not fully experiencing it right now, we say, that's what I will experience. And that's what's been purchased for me. And so I will pursue that. Guess what? Now the power of God shows up through Jesus to receive what he has made available through the cross. The power to fulfill it is now available because we're pursuing it, because our faith is in it. If you will invite Jesus into your issue, he'll bring freedom to your issue. If you'll invite Jesus into your cycle, he'll begin to produce Freedom in your cycle. Stop. Church, I beg you, stop doubting the Savior. Stop doubting the work of the cross. It may sound too good to be true to you, but listen, it ain't. Complete wholeness, complete, complete freedom, spirit, soul, and body. Jesus died to give you that. And I will not settle for anything less than that, and I hope you don't either. Stop doubting 
the Savior. Here's number four. Walk in stride with the helper. Walk in stride with the helper. Okay, so here's what happened at the cross. Many things happened. One of the most powerful things that happened at the cross was that Jesus broke the back of the devil. Here's what I mean by that. He stole away the authority that the devil had. Authority, here's what authority is. It's legitimate use of power. Satan, now listen, Satan still has power in this world, but he does not have the authority to use it. He doesn't have a legitimate call against your life if you're a believer. And so here's what he has to do. In order for him to get you to go in the direction and and to get you to get into these cycles, he has to come at you through illegitimate means. He has no legitimate claim to your life. He can't make you do anything, okay? That excuse of like, the devil made me do it. No, no, no. You chose to do it, but he will give you choices. And so what he does is he, he works in your mind. That's the main area he works in. And he wants to fill your mind with these choices that bend you towards the flesh. See, in you is your spirit, soul, body. There's a flesh side of you and a spiritual side of you. Spirit side of you has been born again, made new. That side of you wants to go towards the things of God, but there is still the flesh in you. And that flesh has a bend towards the wrong things. And the enemy wants to feed the flesh. He wants to get you to go in that direction. It's like this tug of war is going on. And some of us, we've been feeding our flesh for a long time. And so our flesh it has bulked up. Our flesh has been like, it's loaded. It's re- like your flesh is like carbo loaded up. And so it's time to feed the spirit so you can overcome the works of the flesh. In fact, this is how Paul puts it in Galatians 5, 16, 17. He says, walk in the spirit or walk with the spirit or walk with the Holy Spirit is what he's saying. And you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now look at this. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. There's a battle going on right inside of you between your flesh and your spirit. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. You ever found yourself in that place where you did something you're like, man, I didn't want to do that, but I did it. That's your flesh. There's a bend towards that. And because you've been bulking up that flesh, sometimes it pulls you in that direction. So what's the key here? Paul says, walk in the spirit. See, God has given us a helper. Jesus made available to you a helper to help you in this process. His name is the Holy Spirit. And if you're taking notes this morning, write this down. The Holy Spirit is my helper. Jesus refers to him as he's talking to his disciples about the assignment that they have for their life and what he wants them to do. He refers to the Holy Spirit four times as the helper. Now, this is where it gets really cool. When it says the helper, the Greek word there is the word parakletos. Para means alongside. Kletos means to walk. So the Holy Spirit, what Jesus says is, I'm going to send you a helper who's going to walk beside you and help you in life. And so Paul's coming back to this idea, and he's saying, walk in the Spirit. Here's what he's saying. Will you invite the Holy Spirit to walk alongside you? If you do, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Notice he doesn't say you won't have the lust of the flesh. Some of you feel bad because you got saved, and yet you still have some lust of the flesh. Listen, this is going to happen. If you smoke and drank and hung out with girls that do kind of stuff. Like after you get saved, you make Jesus Lord of your life, you still may want to do some of that stuff because you've been bulking up your flesh. Now it's time to bulk up the spirit. And how do we do that? We walk with the spirit. What Paul says is to walk. That word is a, uh, when he says to walk, that word is a, is a continuous action word. It means to walk and to keep walking, to stay in step with the spirit. Paul said, I want you to keep walking in the spirit. 
And, and, and understand, it's not just a once a week thing. It's not like, well, I'll go to church once a week so I can walk in the spirit. Church, was, church is gonna be good for you today. And it may be good for you for the next 30 minutes after church is over. But after that, you're, you may not be walking in the spirit anymore. You may not make it out of the parking lot in the spirit today. <laughs> we gotta continually walk in the spirit, right? Uh, you know, some of us, we think that we just start our day. We'll just spend five minutes in prayer this morning. I'll be good for the rest of the day. And then you find yourself stumbling later on in the day and you're like, man, I can't believe I did that. I prayed this morning for 10 minutes. I don't understand because you're not continually walking in the spirit. So here's what we do. To walk in the spirit is what we're, we're gonna invite the spirit to give us the power to override the flesh whenever the th stuff of the flesh pops its ugly head up. So you're going through your day and all of a sudden you can kind of feel that cycle of rejection creeping on up, that cycle of depression creeping on up, that cycle of lust creeping on up. In that moment, you invite the Holy Spirit in. You stop and you say, Holy Spirit, God, I recognize right now my flesh is rising up. There's some stuff going on right now and I know it's not a part of your word. I know it's not a part of your will. So Holy Spirit, I invite you in right now. I ask you to empower me to override the, spirit, the flesh in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And you do this, and you do this, and you do this, and you keep feeding your spirit and inviting the spirit in until things begin to shift and change. And the first time you do it, it may make you feel better for about five minutes, and then all of a sudden it's popping its head back up, and then that's when you stop again and you say, all right, the flesh is rising up right now, Lord, but I thank you that you've given me the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, I invite you in, and you keep doing this, and it's going to get further and further apart. It may be an hour later now. It may be five hours later now. It may be five days later. It may be five months later, but every time the flesh rises up, the cycle rises up, you invite the Holy Spirit, and by doing this, you are now walking in stride with the Holy Spirit in your life, and because of that, you're empowered to not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You guys tracking with me this morning? And let me also tell you, don't just wait for the flesh to rise up. Make this just a part of your life. Make, be, make inviting God into your life, inviting the Holy Spirit into your life, walking in stride with the Spirit of God. Make it a part of your daily, daily life. All throughout your day, walk in stride with the Spirit. And a beautiful thing will start to take place now as you're doing this. And as you're, you're doing what the Word of God says, you're renewing your mind with the Word of God. You're inviting other people in your life. Listen, invite some other people into this process too so they can pray for you too, so they can invite the Holy Spirit into your situation too. As you're doing this, all of a sudden, this strength begins to be built inside of you. And now you're starving the flesh, and the flesh is losing some of its bulkiness. It's, 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 it's dying, and the spirit's getting stronger. And now the pull of your life, instead of it being towards the flesh, it becomes towards the spirit. And you can walk in joy and peace and, and true fulfillment, walking in stride with the spirit of God. Walk in stride with the spirit. Here's number five. If you're gonna stop the cycle, you gotta... Number five, you got to know the truth. And let me just tell you, this is the key to everything. If you don't have this one going on, none of the others are going to work. Jesus says this in John 8, 32. He says, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. It will set you free, other translation said. Notice what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say you will learn a truth. He didn't say you will learn some truths. He said you will know the truth. See, the truth that Jesus is talking about is not a revelation of knowledge you learn. It's a relationship with a person you know. 
And that's why a few chapters later in John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth leads to the life. So, so go back to John 8, 32. Jesus says, I'm the truth. So you could say it like this. You'll know Jesus, and Jesus will make you free. See, the, this whole idea that I'm talking to you about today is not about like, here's, here's a bunch of strategies to put in place and it'll all work. That's, that's, all, that's all well and good and you need a strategy. But some of you have been trying strategies and they haven't been working because you're not walking with the truth. You don't know the truth. See, freedom from cycles is not about what you learn. It's about who you know. It's not this ascension that you get to of now I've got all the knowledge and now I can truly walk in freedom. No, no, it's about a relationship. Freedom is not the absence of something, it's the presence of someone and that someone is, is Jesus. And that's why at this church, we wanna help people know God because that's where it starts. If you're ever gonna experience everything God has for you, it starts with knowing God, not having an information ship with him, not knowing a lot about him, not, not seeing him as this distant being that I can hopefully please and someday get to know. No, no, I'm walking in stride with him. I'm living a life with him. I'm hand in hand with him, walking in the freedom that he walks in with me. That's freedom. God wants to help you stop the cycle. He doesn't want you chasing your tail. He doesn't want you going through the same stuff over and over again. If you find yourself in a bondage today, if you find yourself in a place where you keep doing the same thing, you keep coming back here, Jesus purchased your freedom for you. And if you're here today and you don't know God, I wanna help you know God today. I wanna help you take the first step in experiencing all that Jesus made available for you today. So if you would, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here today and you don't know God, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you've never surrendered yourself to him, or maybe you have before, but you would say today, I'm not, with, I'm not where I should be with the Lord. I wanna help you to know that you know that, you know that you're right with God today before you go. So I'm gonna pray a prayer in church, since you're in agreement with me, no matter if this is your first time praying it or it's your hundredth time praying it, I want you all to pray this with me, say it loud and proud, say, Father God, Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross so I could be free. I believe that Jesus died for me. And I believe that Jesus rose from the grave so I could be raised to new life in him. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. I give you my all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Let's give him a hand. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer in just a moment, I'm gonna go ahead and invite our altar ministry team down at this time. If you guys would come down. I, I would love before you leave today that you would let one of our altar ministers know that you prayed that prayer. All you have to do is say, hey, I prayed that prayer today and I really meant it. And uh, we just wanna give you something. We wanna give you a book that's going to help you to continue to walk out what I'm talking about this morning. But also if you're here today and you've got a burden in your life, you're dealing with something. And, and maybe today, I, I really feel this, that maybe some of you are dealing with some cycles today and, and you need to, to, to let somebody know. And, and hear me when I say this, I'm not saying you have to come down here and you have to tell us exactly what's going on. Maybe for you today, you just need to come down and say, Hey, I'm stuck in a cycle. And would you pray for me today? We would love to pray for you today. And, and the cycle may be small. It may be big. 
You may be stuck in a cycle of a porn addiction. You may be stuck in a cycle of rejection. You just see yourself the wrong way. You may be stuck in a cycle of fear. And you, you, whatever it is, we say it all the time, if it matters to God, it matters to you, right? So don't leave today with that burden. I wanna encourage you, let's, let's fill up these altars today. I know God put this message on my heart this week for you. I woke up in the night on Monday night and God gave me this message. So I know some of you need this. So I encourage you, what you need today, come receive it from God. Don't settle for the chicken, amen? Come get some steak this morning. Would you stand with me? Let's worship the Lord right now. And if you have that need, if you have that burden, this is a time. Go ahead and come down. Be that person that steps out in faith and sets the example for everyone else. Be the one that, that does this first and, and encourages that other person to do it too. Come on down. If you need prayer today, if you're stuck in a cycle, come down. Confess it before the Lord. Confess it this morning. Let us pray for you. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Thank you that who the Son sets free is free indeed. Lord, you made a way for us to experience freedom. And so we won't settle in the cycle. We won't settle for the cycle. We won't excuse the cycle. We won't live in the cycle. We're going to walk in stride with the Holy Spirit. We're going to know you like we've never known you before. And we know that we are going to see freedom like we've never seen before. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.